You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to 40 Going On 14. It's the podcast your inner child remembers. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And if anime has taught me one thing, it's that if I need to have an existential crisis, the time to do it is when I'm going to save my loved ones from a giant monster. It was like continual. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's really more of a uh, a now thing, um, an attack on Titan thing. But we will uh, definitely get to that in the second half. Yes. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about anime, in particular, dark fantasy anime. Yes. Even more particular, Berserk and Attack on Titan. Yes, for the first second of the firsts. Uh, last week was our first <laughs> Western, and this is our... This, if if you let me continue, it would make complete sense. It is the second of the firsts. Last week was our first was Western. Stroke. You No, you are. And this pain. is our first anime episode. I thought Mike was trying to say this is show number one. It's like, no, dude, this is show 85. It's not 83. I know that much. <laughs> it's not 83. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me put my glasses on. <laughs> I'm starting to tally. <laughs> How many... Uh, uh, so yeah, anyway. how about that music? Anyway, so I was waiting for you, Joel. Yeah. What you said? Anyway, I, I thought you guys were going to get started with the, the actual show. <laughs> what a great throwaway right there! Like uh, just yeah. wrote, you both throw into each other at the same time. You know where you can find a bunch of people who like to get on with their actual shows on Saturdays. <laughs> I, on Saturdays and other days, you can find them at the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. <laughs> Uh, let me just pull this train back onto <laughs> the are, tracks. We're <laughs> start here, gentlemen. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, uh, the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network, you can find us as well as a whole bunch of other shows, such as the Pilots Podcast, 365 Flicks, Green Up, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, Salty Language, and the Left Field Sports Lounge. Let's hear it for the Left Field Sports Lounge, because... They're the only sports show. Yeah, I know. As I'm going down through the list, it's like, oh, I hit the last category, and there is one show. So they get plugged like three times as often as anyone else, except for Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, because we love them. That's what I you think call. we should start a sports show. We should. And Michael Reed Sports. Sports. <laughs> Sportsish. I want to so, plug it to Hey, you. if what? it's on Saturday and I'm putting on something spiffy, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Where can I hear our show then, Josh? Well, uh, if it's noon on Saturday, you can tune into Geek Life Radio, and that's uh, our time slot. That is. So just look up Geek Life Radio, go on at noon, you can hear us, along with Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. They're also on Geek Life Radio. I'm pretty sure Green Up's on there, too. Yeah, I think so. And maybe, uh, I think Musings of a Geek might be as well. Cool. So... so. What about our archives? Our archives will be on 40go14.com, uh, which may be down a little bit this week, depending on uh, how the transition goes. Uh, we are Our web host disappeared on us. Poof. And by disappeared, I mean went out of business. Poof. 
Yes. So, um, but yeah, 40 Go 14 is where you can find our archives eventually. And um, you can also find us on Twitter at, at 40 Go 14 or on Facebook on 40 Going On 14. Yeah. And even if the website's down, you can always download the shows on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and other <laughs> fine podcasting directories. Yes. And if, poof. and if you want to give us a call, you can do that at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yes. Poof. Why are we poofing each other? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because we all want to have a vaguely homosexual water bucket fight. <laughs> well, who doesn't? True. I don't want there to be anything vague about it, by the way. We'll get to that soon. <laughs> yeah. So, do we got any voicemails, Josh? Yeah, we got a couple. Excellent. Oh, you're going to like these. Says you. Poof. <laughs> you adequate motherfuckers. Is there a good reason why you have two episode 83s? And now you know. <laughs> so, I, hey, 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 no. Beacon, no, no, no. We have two episode 83s because I honestly was not certain if Charlie could count. Oh. And I see that was a test. So now I know Charlie can Charlie count. Charlie passed the test. Yes. And knowing is half the battle. That's totally why it happened. Pork Charlie sandwich. passed the test. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that happened. <clears throat> we love you, Charlie. We got another one, though. But Charlie... What was that? It, it just occurred to me that uh, when you guys are reading off the other shows on the network thing that you're on, you sound a lot like Kung Fu Joe from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew it. Never assume he's done. Yeah, I, I, that, that, was, that was it. hey So Kung Fu Joe is also a fan of Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks in the Left Field Sports Lounge, is what we're saying? Is, Apparently. Is the takeaway? I think so. Oh, who isn't, really? Um, I don't know. Kung Fu... <laughs> Kung Fu Joe. <laughs> Kung Fu yeah. Joe. Who does oh, you got Kung us? Fu Joe? Yeah. What the hell is Kung Fu Joe? You don't know Kung it's, Fu Joe? It's coffee. Oh. It's a name brand coffee. Mm. Seriously? No. no. I was going to say, that that's a horrible name. I'd go with a nice warm cup of Kung Fu Joe. <laughs> I, would, I would drink a Kung Fu Joe. I'm awake. It's a roundhouse kick to your drowsiness. Kung Fu Joe. <laughs> shit, we, oh man, we got to copyright this shit. <laughs> I think we just made a million dollars. I don't think that's how that works. Time for oh. some fancy Dijon ketchups. Do we have any of the voicemails? No, that was it. That was it? Yes. Charlie called up to call us Kung Fu Joe, give us an idea for coffee, and tease Mike about having two episode 83s. All right. So just to get this out of the way, fuck you, Charlie. <laughs> Kung Fu <laughs> Joe, the coffee that'll resync your dubbing. As I've been giving Mike shit about two episode 83s from my hospital bed all week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Josh doesn't, wasn't in the hospital. He just has one at his house for fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he likes that they go up and down. Yeah, that's actually kind of random for people who don't follow me on Twitter or Facebook. I, yeah, I was in for surgery on Monday, but I, I'm much better now. Yes. But he is a woman. I, I was waiting. I would. I was not going to say it. I was just going to leave Poof. So, uh,. It's about that time. Oh my god, is it ever. <laughs> this week in music, movies, and TV. Do spazzo. <laughs> Did you say gazpacho? No, I said to spazzo. Oh. Go Japanese. back to Russia. <laughs> All right, so this week, this is like the latest this weekend that we've had, isn't it? 
19... I think we might have done 1999 once. 1997, the year Berserk was released. Uh, music, the song is Nobody Can Hold Me Down by Puff Daddy, featuring Maisie. Maisie? Oh my god, Maze? Maze. Can't Nobody Hold Me Down by Puff Daddy featuring Mace. Mace, okay. And, and he also just skipped over the whole number one. He just said, the song is... No, I said the number one, did you I? You did not! I didn't? And no. I think you also corrected Puff Daddy's grammar. <laughs> the song is Nobody Can Hold Me Down, Sir, <laughs> featuring Maisie. <laughs> right out the gate! <laughs> Um, amazing. Oh, we should do a rap show. <laughs> oh my Jesus! <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, wow, that would be hilarious. So oh, glossing Lord. over that, uh, oh, the 32nd Academy of Country Music Awards ceremony introduces the world to Leanne Rhymes and Brooks and Dunn together uh, for the first time. And they're still haven't forgiven him. Yep. Oh, and uh, Cheap Tricks eponymous album wasn't it? No, wait, eponymous was REM. Yes, but that's not the name of the album. Oh, okay. Well, Cheap Trick's eponymous album is released on April 29th. <laughs> if it's not in quotes, it's not a song or a title. or I don't know what the hell I'm they saying. Had a, they had an so- uh, album named Eponymous also? No. Or is it? Eponym- eponymous means named after themselves. It's a self-titled in '97, fucking die in here. Two <laughs> self-titled album was released on April 29th in 1997. Is an adjective. It means something that is named after itself. Their self-titled like album was named Cheap Trick. Yes. So it's eponymous. It's an. I'm just. Album. I'm just amazed they waited until 1997 to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this show's gone straight to hell. <laughs> oh okay. my god, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> and poof. <laughs> On April 19th, Elton Hoke, a metal punk singer, and uh, nicknamed El Duce. El Duce. I can't even say it because of Mike. <laughs> Do we have any literate people on staff here? <laughs> it's it's catching. El Duce. El Duce. Duce. Who is best known as the drummer and lead singer of self-described rape rock and the band The Mentors, died at 39 years old. And he was one of the people that uh, admitted that he may have been involved in Kurt Cobain's death. And if you really? put him in Diet Coke, he makes a fountain. <laughs> That's the mentors, not the Mentos. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was like, "Where's Mentos?" Mentos. Oh, okay. oh there you are. Hmm. He's an interesting. He was an interesting character. He died. Uh, uh, he got run over by a uh, railroad reindeer. Car. No, <laughs> got run over on a railroad track. Oh, got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> ring, ding, ding. <laughs> All right, so movies. Exactly, hair. His hair might have been blue and silver because he was in a rape rock band. Just throwing what that. The out hell there. is rape rock? I don't know. It doesn't sound sure appealing. I yeah, I don't. I'm, that's not it's something rape, I'm going to Google. Rape. So let's go to Joel. What? What's rape rock? It's music to make love forcefully to. I don't know. I thought you were the music guy. Yeah. I, I, it sounds. I just. It. It is what it is. It's self-described. It's not very, doing a very good job of it. It's rock and roll about bad things that people are doing to each other, forcing themselves on each other, apparently. I don't know. I've never heard of it. I don't think it's... It's self-described, so it's not really a thing. He's like, I, I make rape rock. Okay. And they're like, great ape, great ape. <laughs> <laughs> Movies! The number- I was getting a very McGilla Gorilla vibe from the rape rock. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the number one movie is Anaconda. It don't want none unless you got buns, hun. 
That's a horrible song. That is a very horrible song. All right, so moving on to more horrible things. The disaster film Volcano, starring Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Hecht, is, and the comedy R and MHSR. What do you got, Josh? Uh, that's Randy and Mike again. <laughs> Have sexual relations. <laughs> So what happens is the natural uh, progression from them licking things. Yeah. Holy oh, that happens. Oh, except this time, it's Randy Macho Man Savage and Mike Tyson. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't watch that. I I can I've watched some pretty shitty movies, take, but I'm guessing take, I'm not going to watch that. Take it, take it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> So is this actually related to the R and M from last week? No, that's a funny. That's, a that's crazy because yeah. I actually didn't look ahead in the show notes. So I had to do that one on the fly. It's like, oh, thank God, it's the same as last week. <laughs> yeah, when I saw there was another R and M, I had to go for it. This is Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Oh, oh. well, Volcano and that are re- both released on April twenty fifth. And then uh, Pat Paulson, American comedic actor. Known His name for... was Pat Paulson. His <laughs> name was Pat Paulson. Well, he's dead. <laughs> yep. So was Robert Paulson. On April 24th. <clears throat> I actually don't think I've ever heard of Pat Paulson. I oh, really? Either. He was a, a semi-regular on the Smothers Brothers. Huh. Oh. Very uh, political comedian. He had cerebral Paulson. <laughs> TV. <laughs> Uh, ER is the number one show, and Seinfeld is number two. That sounds right. That's kind of like this generation's like Cheers and Family Ties. Yep, that was pretty good. Who did that? Joel. Me. Really? That was my that was my Woody Allen impression. How'd I do? You <laughs> sounded just like him. I almost just spit water all over my mic. <laughs> <laughs> so on April thirtieth, the puppy episode of Ellen premieres, which in which uh, Ellen's character comes out as gay. Huh. Because puppy. Now, and, mm-hmm. did was it well known that Ellen DeGeneres was gay herself before this, or was she coming no, out at was, the same time? Yeah, it was pretty much the coming out of the character and the actress at the same time. Interesting. Ironically, The Angry Beavers comes out on April 19th. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> Pat, you did that on purpose. You know he did. I don't I That's just happenstance. <laughs> Uh, I know. Uh, I'll have someone fired for that. Sport. On April 20th, Mark McGuire is the fourth professional baseball player to HR on the uh, Detroit Tigers <laughs> left field roof. All over it. He aged all over there are. Yeah. <laughs> all over that left field roof. And uh, the others are Frank Howard, Harmon Killebrew, and Cecil Fielder. On April uh, HR Geiger all over that. <laughs> Ew. I've heard of Cecil Fielder. And Frank Howard, but I did not know there was a baseball player named Harmon Killebrew. Yeah, he was the, the first uh, like openly Jewish player to really succeed. <laughs> and he could throw him back at the parties they had. Dude, on, it's Killebrew. Right, on um, April 19th, <laughs> the San Diego Padres and the St. Louis Cardinals play the first MLB game in Hawaii at the Aloha Stadium. Which means hello and goodbye in Hawaiian. And Stadium? Jewish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. <laughs> it was so obvious. <laughs> oh, so this no, weekend there da, is. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we ready to talk about some anime? We are. Yep. I guess so I have to be. Before, okay, before we get into the actual shows that we watched, how many of us have actively watched 
I actually sought out and watched anime before this. Are we raising our hands? Because that would be a bad idea for radio. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to respond in vocal harmonies. Okay, well, I will respond then. In college, there was a period where we watched it all together pretty incessantly. Like, Rama One Half was the big one, Dominion Tank Police. And that was my main exposure to it, other than when I was a kid and they used to redub everything. Like Voltron and, and uh, G-Force and uh, Volt. Uh, Transor Z and all the ones that they imported over and then dubbed over. Mm-hmm. Um, but John, after weren't you that, a fan of uh, Crying Freeman too? Oh yeah, well he, until the Mark Dacascos movie was made. Yeah, no, I, I used to read manga uh, when I was collecting comics. Uh, Gray and, and Crying Freeman were my two favorites, and then Golgo Thirteen. But um, after college, I didn't. I only actively sought out like one title ever. So I kind of lost interest until this show, actually. Really? Yeah, that's a long stretch. It is. Um, <clears throat> Josh, what about you, man? Well, I, you know, I'm not a huge anime fan. I have been to one or two conventions over the years, and I keep up with the big stuff. Like, if I hear a lot of people at game shops or online talk about a show, I'll check out a couple episodes, and if I'm into it, I'll watch most of it. And that's how I discovered both of the ones we're talking about tonight, uh, as well as stuff over the years, Cowboy Bebop, Ghost in the Shell, you know, the, the big stuff that right. you'd find. Death Note. Uh, is a little bit more modern. Akira! Yeah, so, mm. yeah, I, I would call myself a casual anime fan. Uh, I probably know more about anime than the average person on the street, but not as much as the average person that you would find at an otaku convention. Jensen! Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I actively watched anime all through high school. My buddy Dan, if you're listening, thanks, Dan, uh, introduced me to uh, The Dirty Pair, and uh, it just got worse from there. We stay <laughs> up and watch, uh, like, you had Gogol 13 to the point where we would actually play the Gogol 13 video game. To the oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that game was rough. <clears throat> it was not easy. Not by the, the long I shot. I liked it, though. Um, I've been a fan of anime and you know, picked <laughs> long up... shot. He was a sniper. Hey-o. Um... I've been a fan of anime for a while, uh, but like I said, Dirty Pair, a lot of the stuff from the 80s and 90s, and there's a stretch where I hadn't watched it, except for stuff like uh, Ghost in the Shell and uh, anything that I would see that would pop up on like Cartoon Network or anything like that in the evenings. But uh, this is the first time in a long time that I've actually actively watched a whole season. You know, even with uh, Attack on Titan being on Netflix, I never really act, you know took a time to watch it until now. So, Patrick? I'm from um... Texas. What? Nothing, nothing. We don't allow anime in Texas. <laughs> it's forbidden. It's full of furners. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big anime fan. Out. Never really, never have been. Um, I don't know why, really. I can't entirely pinpoint exactly what it is about anime that I don't like. <laughs> Long-time listeners will be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I've tried in the past to watch it and I didn't like dislike necessarily these shows we were watching, but I def, I just, I don't really get into it. I don't know. I mean, well, what so, about when you were a kid yeah. though? And like, like all the imports, I mean, even like, uh, never G.I. Joe it. and stuff like that was some form of an anime. It wasn't right. Yeah. Was and that was about here. as far as I went with, with any of my anime. I don't know. I have, I, I, I think my love of G.I. Joe, the show 
was mainly due to my love of the figures, you know, the action sure. figures more than the actual show itself and the yeah, art I, and stuff. I think back in the eighties, if you were going to get into anime, it was probably going to be through Robotech, which, uh, they sanitized and dumbed down for the American audiences, but it made its way to like UHF channels and you'd see it on the like weekday mornings. I remember well, it being on, um, the Bozo show out here in Chicago. Yeah. And I would, I would argue that Manzinger Z of Transor Z. Um, was another one that was a gateway drug along with Voltron. Sure. Oh, uh, Captain Harlock. Oh, see, that was that was a bit more of an obscure one, but I remember that one being around. Yeah, yeah I used to watch that Captain Harlock, and um, uh, like you said, G Force, or uh, as it's also known as uh, Gatchaman. Gatchaman. Yeah. What What was the one with the big robot? The and the boy, the little boy, <laughs> the Iron Giant. No, no, I know what you're talking about. With the where the uh, the kid uh, Astro the, Boy. No, no, no Astro Joel, Boy was I, another one, but <clears throat> I know what you're talking about, Joel. Where the 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 there was like a dad robot, a mom robot, and a kid robot, and they were, they all lived in a volcano. Small wonder. Small. <laughs> Stop helping. <laughs> I'm looking it up here real quick. Yeah, I remember. I remember Gigantor. watching Gigantor. Gigantor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gigantor. Josh knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, I was surprised. That one was really early, though. No, see, I'm thinking surprised. of a live-action one. Oh, uh, yeah, that's kind of another thing. Yeah, that's we. That's something else. I won't talk yeah, about it. Yeah, watching Macross as an adult, I was surprised <laughs> at how much they changed it uh, to make it Robotech or when it was on American TV. How many of the subplots and romantic whatnot, and even like some of the genocide kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, this is not for American kids. We're going to... We're going to make it a straightforward story about robots hitting each other. Yeah, well, I mean, even um, uh, Gatchaman, they changed over the uh, main villain from being... Yeah. Uh, God, what was his name? Zoltor. Zol- Zoltan. Whatever. I, I can't remember his name, but he was actually Arvin. a... No, he was a transvestite. Mm. But he would tra- he would go from male to female Ziggy back Stardust. and forth. Yes, it's exactly who he was. He was Ziggy Stardust. And his spiders from Mars. Yes. All right. So for this week, we actually picked uh, a personal favorite of mine. Uh, It's a show from 1997 called Berserk. And uh, one of the ways I encountered this is if you listened all the way back in episode, I think it was two, we talked about our favorite video games. Mike and I have done some talking about the Dark Souls, Demon Souls, uh, kind of dark fantasy uh, video games. Well, Dark Souls and that whole universe were directly inspired by the art from the Berserk manga. I can see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see some of the bosses directly have some of the suits of armor on some of the guys who uh, guts fights. Actually, one of the DLC later bosses is actually modeled directly after guts himself. Which, for those who don't know, guts is our hero, our lead character. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get a summary. All right. So um, the plot. Of Guts is a skilled swordsman who joins the forces with a mercenary group called the Band of the Hawk, led by the charismatic Griffith, who likes to walk around naked a lot, and fights with them <laughs> as they battle their way into the royal court. Yeah, this Griffith is one of the purest examples of what they call a Bishonin, the very beautiful man who still, I mean, he's a badass, but definitely uh, primarily feminine traits. Yes. Whereas Guts is the the uber macho, big muscles, and he carries a sword that's about three times too big for him. Well, yeah, Yeah. and they make uh, a bit of a point later in the series of talking about how Guts' sword is barely sharpened. It's basically such a devastating weapon because it is just this ridiculously heavy piece of iron. 
that if you're strong enough to swing it, it's just going to cut through, not because it's sharp, but just because it's like 50 pounds. Yeah. yeah, it's like a four-handed sword. It's not so much the blade as it is the velocity. Right. Um, so the main characters, Guts, Griffith, Casca, uh, and then there's a bunch of secondary characters. Um, so first episode. Yes. First episode, I-, I warned you guys that it starts weird. Yeah. Because it starts way at the end, like in the fourth act where the world is pretty much beset on all sides by demons humanity is partially enslaved and this dark swordsman strides into town and he's missing an eye he's missing a hand and he's just got this monstrous sword and even the demons know to fear him and he's got all of these things that went wrong he's got demons and gods taunting him he's got the people he's failed and the people he's killed haunting his dreams mm-hmm. he's got this weird weird ass bleeding brand on his neck yeah and then they reveal what's up with his uh missing hand at the end of the episode where uh it turns out he's actually got a cannon installed in it so basically it's like this happy-go-lucky kids cartoon is what yeah, we're basically <laughs> yeah and uh near the end of that first episode the one thing is he's focused on this image of a weird necklace that's got like eyes and nose and a mouth all out of place and he's calling the name griffith he's like screaming the name griffith and then like the uh, the first episode ends and then we cut to like seven years earlier Mm -hmm. yeah i was like uh well it's got a lot of that eastern uh circular storytelling going on start at the end loop back around go back to the beginning again it does that almost that spiral storytelling that's very not uh western because yes. we, we, we tell a story, it starts at the beginning, it goes to the end. You don't start at the end and then jump back to the beginning and then jump to the middle and that sort of thing. I mean, Unless you're Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. This has well, got kind of a Pulp Fiction kind of, we're going to start in the third of four. All right, folks, we had a little bit of a glitch there, but now we're back. Uh, as I was saying, we're talking about Eastern cyclical storytelling does not match up to uh, the Western A to B to C to D to the ending type thing. Right. And it's got kind of the same story structure as something like a Pulp Fiction where you show up in the third act and then you go back to the beginning to show how did we get here as the story weaves back over itself. Mm-hmm. Well, have you guys ever read a, an ap- actual manga from Japan? I mean, the, it's bound backwards. So, Well, I mean, not to them. No, no. Right. If you read it here, like I when I was over in Korea and I was living there for a couple of months and went over to Japan, I bought a couple of books and... Uh, it was weird trying to read them because it was, for me, it was backward. This don't make a lick of sense. <laughs> I don't understand this word. How do all these people keep coming back to life? I better get my grasses. <laughs> well, uh, and, and in the Berserk manga, uh, which I've started to pick up a little bit, uh, the whole prelude of Adventures of the Black Swordsman is actually longer in the manga before they get to the uh, Band of the Hawk Golden Age. Really? Yeah. There's a few other changes, but we'll get to that a little bit later. So we've got Guts and Griffith, who we've talked about. Guts and uh, Griffith, and then, uh, oh, what's her name? Casca. And then the guy, I, I only knew him as the guy who keeps trying to kill Guts. Corcus? Corcus, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the secondary characters, you've got Corcus, who's kind of the jerk who actually inadvertently introduces Guts to the Band of the Hawk when he attempts to rob him. 
and uh, it goes bad and guts starts cutting the mercenaries down and eventually uh griffith takes a personal interest in guts and one of griffith's character defining traits is when he decides he wants something there's nothing in the universe that will stop him from having it and he decides he wants guts <laughs> he wants yeah. to be all up in them guts. What's funny <laughs> is like in the movie, uh, guts actually kind of confuses it. It's like, do you want my sword or my ass? Was basically the line. <laughs> well, Griffith said yes. It, yeah, I just want to frolic naked with you. It doesn't have to yes. be gay. Don't gay it all up. Yeah, let's not make this weird because I'm standing here totally naked with a bucket of cold water. Well, and I kind of get the impression from Griffith is that he kind of goes both ways. Well, if yeah. you're a marauding band of mercenaries. I could see that, though. Yeah. I mean, and there's uh, only one, one Smurfette to the whole crew, so. Right. <laughs> She's not blue, though. Well, not when we saw her. She she does. Blue. Wait. What? Right, what? what? <laughs> so how far do we all get? Uh, uh, I made it to episode eight. Eight. Wow. I did four. I got uh, five. And of course, I've seen twenty five plus the movie and some of the manga. So I, that, this is yeah. This is a big for like a month and a half. Uh, my desktop background was like this cool thing where it's like all white and silver with Griffith on one side and all red and black with guts facing the other direction. Real cool piece of art. Neat. Yeah, I had I had a um, an adventure. I actually watching both of these because I could get about two to three depending on my connection and on my commute on the train back and forth to work. But like I had also said, if you're watching this. With its, um, uh, let's see, the themes of the sexual assault, the corruption within, personal dreams, monsters, lots of blood. You get to whole seat to yourself. Yeah, it's really, really violent. And uh, the manga has even more of the extreme violence and even sexualized violence uh, worked in it, which is one of the big uh, criticisms of the work as a whole. I, I bet if you take if you walk in with like a forty eight inch TV and start watching it on that, you'll probably get the whole car to yourself. Probably, yeah. And then well, later a the nice TV little room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get an escort home when I leave the train. <laughs> Lots of new friends. Yes. Aww. So one of the things that I can say is that the main three characters, at one point or another, uh, th- this will be a minor spoiler, but it's not going to spoil huge uh, plot points. I talk about sexual assault as, assault as a theme. Each one of the main characters is assaulted at one point or another. Guts, Griffith, and Casca. So that's, that's interesting. It's something like how it affects them and how it makes them who they are and how they interact with each other kind of come back through those traumas and like how they decide to respond to that in their own way determines their own paths through to the ending. Is that and why Guts is so mad from the very beginning? It is one of the reasons like there's a lot uh, mixed up with his uh, own sexual assault in the flashbacks in the first episode. But yeah, but I'm saying it, it happened before he joined up with the, the uh, with Griffith and them. That's yes, absolutely. Yeah, it okay. that makes sense. Yeah, you get to a point where there's kind of a flashback within a flashback where you get to see Guts as a little Guts. and why he just is like so stubborn he's got this huge sword yeah he's been wielding that huge sword since he was like seven yeah i was gonna say we saw some of that early on there was an earlier flashback and you see it's almost like it grows as he grows yeah and that's i like the layered storytelling uh with the big three but then we've got that we've already talked about corcus you've got the kid whose name is rickert uh, the uh, ridiculously huge guy who's always got his eyes closed, who almost never speaks, named Pip. 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 
But when he uh, does, he's like, blah, blah, blah. he's like, or he's knocking you into a moat. Yes. Yeah. There's the roguish guy who's an expert with uh, throwing knives named Judo. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of who else is someone who's named and sort of featured in the Band of the Hawk. Those, those are the big players until you get into later episodes and you get into the royal family and the king and all that. Mm. But uh, Judo is is a favorite of mine. And it, yeah. So how do you, oh, I mean, what did you guys think of it? I want to start with, let's start with the bottom up. Pat. <laughs> Pat's more of a top, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> I didn't, yes. I surprisingly, I didn't hate it. Really? I thought the idea of the giant sword was rather ridiculous, but I mean, I it's really not, didn't. I mean, I kind of enjoyed it a little bit. I thought you weren't going to like it. I, I even told, I think I told Josh that. Yeah, he, he predicted to me and where I thought you would like the darkness of the storytelling on this one. And actually, my prediction is that you probably wouldn't care for Attack on Titan. And in the second half of the show, we'll see if I was right. <laughs> but I, I there's, a, there's a chance that I might actually watch this whole thing just to see how it plays out. Really? With, with well, Josh saying what he said about it. Yeah. Yes, there is a reason. And I, I want to be completely spoiler free on this because Berserk is famous for one thing, the final episode. Uh, it has been declared one of the most shocking uh, twists. I don't even want to call it a twist. It's one of the most shocking endings in all of media and really? in TV shows, movies, whatever. It's to call it a twist is not quite correct. And I've, I've always, you know, thought that that's always usually the weakest point in any form of storytelling is the ending because people, I mean, writing a good ending is so hard. So I kind of want to see what this is. Since you said even so. more so than Who Shot Jr. Yes. Well, I mean, and that was some shocking media. Part of that is because wait, hell, what's his name? Is an anime? <laughs> yes. One of the reasons why this is the way it is is because in the manga it doesn't end that way. It's the ending of like the fourth volume, and then like sixteen more years of manga happened. So whereas the ending is sort of like, oh, my God, that just happened. I need to know what happens next. Well, the answer is in the anime. Nothing happened next. You're going to have to read 16 years with a manga to find out what happens next. But I, I find the ending disturbing and satisfying. And I look forward to if you guys ever make it there to finding what you think about it. Now, how many episodes was it again? 25, I believe. Oh, I can so we're almost that. halfway there. I mean, yeah, yeah. I and and they're short. I mean, like for for me, like you know, just half an hour here and there is not a big thing. And these, but, when you take out the intro and outro, they're like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, especially when you take away that wonderful theme song. Yeah, let's which, talk about the music a little bit because this is nineteen ninety seven, and this is the Japanese take on the Seattle grunge scene. Yes, <laughs> the pen pals. Apparently, they why. they heard three songs from the Seattle grunge scene and thought they had figured it out. <laughs> I I the first time I saw this, I went. Huh? And then it's it's catchy and, it, and and eventually you get into it and you want to listen to it. But I don't understand how it fits with the story because well, in yeah. Attack on Titan, I get it. It's very heroic and it's big and it's, you know, uh, dun, 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 you know, you're like, OK, but this is like, tell me why. Tell me why. Tell yeah. me what you say. And it's like, wait, what? He's a well, big giant sword back in medieval times or whatever. The closing credits music is much more, if you listen, like you read the translations, much well, more about true. the characters. Yeah, it's very true. It's, yeah, definitely like a slower ballad, and that would be Waiting So Long by Silver Fins. 
both songs sung in English by people who clearly do not speak English. <laughs> right, phonetically, I'm sure. But just, just putting it, that out there. It almost takes away from it, though, a little bit, because as much as I like when it starts, it doesn't make sense with the, the character or the it, story. Yeah, I so do it, have it to kind say, of like, it, does, it does conflict with the whole, you know, I mean, the animation and the whole scene is cool, but I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't mesh. I think when I first saw this, when I heard the theme song, I'm like, yep, this is mid-90s. <laughs> See, I just kept for it to be a little more quirky or, you know, uh, have like a Friends thing going on or something. And it just, it was so dark and the opposite. When your main character's name is Guts, you know it's not going to be a comedy. I was expecting to hear more of like a uh, Japanese take on Norwegian death metal. Right. Tell me why, that. tell me why. You know, <laughs> put your glasses on. Put your glasses on. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you can sing the same song, but get a Norwegian death metal band to do it. It would totally fit. Yeah. It was too. It was too peppy. It was too Weezer meets uh, a of, knife. Yeah, it was too Weezer meets a whole bunch of Japanese dudes. Right in an alley. Now, one thing I can say that if someone was oh, trying to get, oh, you look just by a body, Hari. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Well, my crew in that one. Oh, shit. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> so if you uh, don't actually have uh, the time to go through all 25 episodes but are interested in Berserk, one thing I could recommend, I, I do think that the best way to experience the story is probably through the manga. If you have a little bit more time and can dig up the episodes, uh, the anime's second best. However... If you want to sort of experience it, you could probably watch the first episode of the anime. And then on Netflix, they've started the series of movies and they are further condensing the story down. So the first movie basically skips episode one and tells episodes two through ten in a sort of condensed form, cutting out some of the extraneous character development you pretty much only get character development for the big three and they hit the main plot points and they've way updated the visuals uh but that's on netflix uh at least the first one is and i think they're making a total of four or five okay i'll say though you said it's like the uh firefly thing don't watch the movie if you haven't seen the show first it kind of is that way like i really enjoyed it because i already knew the characters like oh cool even though judo only gets like one line in the whole movie pip you barely see uh etc the fact that sorry going back to the firefly thing um, I hadn't seen the show and I watched the movie. So like when, uh, spoiler alert, Shepard died, it didn't really hit me at all. Right. That, yeah. And that's, and that's the thing why I would rather, I'm planning on watching all the episodes because like when, like you said with the Firefly thing, when, when, um, Wash died and Shep, well, Shepard died too. But when Wash died at the end, I was like, oh man, that was pretty bad. I didn't like, I kind of liked that guy. And then I went back and watched all the episodes, came back and watched the movie again. And when, when Wash died the second time I saw it, I was like, son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> well, and all of you guys got far enough to see the big uh, first Guts duel with Bazuzo, the guy in the huge, like, onion helmet with the giant axe. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. In the yep. movie, getting to see that duel between the two of them with modern animation techniques if you're already a fan of Berserk, I can say that the movie is worth it just to see the fight scenes animated like it, they weren't animated in 1997. 
That is something that I do say has gotten exponentially better than we were than what we watched back in the late eighties. Yeah. We didn't know any better back then. Or oh even no, nineties. You know. Yeah, it was still great. I mean, but now the the way. Well, I mean, animation now, say in like Attack on Titan, with the like all, nice mesh of computer-generated animation to the hand hand-drawn stuff. Yeah, and it's the same style for the movies for Berserk as well, where you've got a little bit of CGI and a little bit of hand-drawn cell shading. Nice. Yeah, and it especially shows off in, like I said, the fight with Bazuzo, and then like the initial duel between Griffith and Guts, uh, but, when Guts is joining the uh, the band of the Hawk. That but was think, pretty badass oh. when Griffith stood on the sword. Oh my god, and it looks so good in the movie that whole fight. I gotta, I'm gonna have to get through all these just so I can watch that because I really don't want to mess up the uh, mess up the show by watching the movie first. Yeah, but over there, I mean, they they've been perfected the whole style i mean they mix everything together in a and even um using like the uh like the stop motion comic that they do over here a lot nowadays where that's just a, a still frame but they'll kind of animate pieces of it so that you don't have to animate the actual scene you know and that carries the story there's there's that i mean that and over there i mean these are made just as much as regular movies are so you know you go see a movie you're gonna go see an anime in the theater mm-hmm and it's the same as our Hollywood, basically. So, you know, it uh, kind of unlimits unlimited imagination. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, as far as this goes, my thoughts on it, I uh, out of the two, I prefer Attack on Titan. Uh, just spoilers, I guess. But um, I am kind of curious and wanting to maybe stick it out because I'm wondering what the big finale is now that you've kind of sold it. So um, it's not that I don't like it. It just... For some reason, the, the the characters outside of Griffith just don't. I don't quite get it. They don't quite speak to me specifically. But uh, just posting about it on on Facebook, talking about watching it, has gotten a lot of reactions from a lot of people that are very vocally in love with this this series. Yeah, there's. If anybody has, if you can describe anybody as having a rabid fan base, anime is definitely it. Yeah, and Berserk in particular. I mean, yep. you can see why some of the really interesting things have made their way into video games. And it really has impacted because uh, whenever you try and see anything uh, in video games or anime that tries to be more Western, like Western Europe, that style of fantasy, mm-hmm. it's going to at least give a cursory nod to Berserk. Because this is the first time where instead of doing like the whole samurai and ninja and the traditional eastern style of fantasy they try and do a more western european take hmm. yeah instead of giant robots and sure or sci-fi battles. yeah 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 they lean more towards a fantasy uh and this isn't the first time you've seen the uh the gigantic ass sword being welded by the loner i mean i think either even predates uh final fantasy 7 which had you know cloud with that gigantic buster sword yeah i would not be surprised at all if the buster sword didn't owe uh, a nod to berserk because the manga started in 1989 and it's still going really yeah it's uh there, currently there are 37 volumes the entirety of the series i want to say is the first two hmm yeah then more than likely it uh, the buster sword is a nod to berserk because there his sword and the buster sword are almost identical yeah. You know, basically a girder with a little bit of handle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I think we've. Which I think is just ridiculous to try and pass off as that anybody can swing that sword. Come on. Now. Sure. And I would say that 
of all of the uh, anime or video games we've seen, Berserk does the best job of explaining. It's like, yes, this thing is ridiculous. No one should wield it. And almost everyone who first sees Guts is like, that sword's too big. He's going to kill himself. That's stupid. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he kills somebody with it. And they're like, okay, I guess he's got this. It's not so much a sword. It's a big flat club. Well, they're very self-aware in that about Mm -hmm. it. And they're saying what we're thinking. But then they also, as you get more backstory, you realize that he's been training with that type of sword his entire life, basically. Oh, yeah. The one scene where they're celebrating after the battle and Guts is over there. He's got weights attached to the sword and swinging it 200 times. Yeah. I mean, some pretty freaking dedication there, so. It's almost like that's all he's got. Hmm. Hmm. So. And his grasses. And his grasses, yes. All right, so I think we've uh, pretty much gone as far as we can about Berserk, uh, given what, uh, as a group, we've seen of it, and uh, Mm -hmm. probably ready to head on to the break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Attack on Titan. Yes, we are. Let's get our Titan on. All right. So giant naked things, sometimes that don't wear their own faces. Yes. And if that made sense to you, you've watched Attack on Titan. <laughs> Let's clarify, though. They are androgynous. They do not have penises or vaginas. Yes. But, no genitalia. But they all tend to look kind of male. As the general said, I wouldn't mind being eaten by a Titan if it was a hot chick. Well, yeah. that's true for the first X number of episodes. Later on, a female Titan does show up. Oh, I didn't yeah. get that far into it. No, it's pretty, like, I barely did. And I think, well, how far did we all, each of us get in this one? I got to the end of the boulder. What? Okay. What? Okay, you didn't get to the end of the boulder then. Josh, I'm episode I'm nine. A couple things happen with the boulder. Do you remember the boulder, Joel? Uh, the boulder being replaced? I got halfway through the second episode just to give you guys an uh, idea of where I. <laughs> okay, so so you just started basically. Yeah, I, I actually I, I plan on going back and watching this one for sure, just because I've heard so many things from so many people about it. Yeah, so if you haven't watched Attack on Titan, let's 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 get a little rundown on this one. Attack on Titans 2013 is when it came out. Um, after his hometown is destroyed and his mother is killed, young Aaron Yeager vows to cleanse the earth of the giant humanoid titans that have brought humanity to the brink of extinction. Yeah, I, I'm uh, pretty sure I got to about episode 16 or 17 before I stopped. Um, 
This is a really interesting world. As it starts, you've got humanity living behind a bunch of walls. The richest and the center of the government live in the central wall. And then there are a series of additional walls. And for years, you just know that aside from the Scout Corps, you don't go outside the walls because that's where the Titans are. Well, mm-hmm. they said that the Titans first appeared on record 107 years ago, and they've been living behind the wall for 100 of those years. Yes. Right. And and it, as far as we know, because I haven't gotten that far in it, it, all of the world is living inside these walls. Yes. That is the belief, is that all of humanity that survives is in this city, basically. And they're mostly safe. They've discovered a few things. Uh, the Titans have a weak point. Bad news is, is it's the back of their neck, and some of them are like 70 feet tall. Yeah, they yeah. have different sized Titans. Yeah, different classifications ranging from, I want to say, three meters that sounds about right. Yeah, so, yeah. the smallest That's ones to... Like 10, 11 feet tall? Yeah, to the uh, immense uh, wall buster of well, the... the- God, that the actual, was, what do they call it? The Colossal Titan? The Colossal Titan, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's when everything changes, is when two special Titans show up. The Colossal Titan, who actually busts through the external wall and lets a whole bunch of other Titans in, and the Armored Titan, mm-hmm. who was armored. Takes a run at the wall and just takes it out. Yeah, yeah basically. He's like a, a Titan ram, battering ram. So, and then there's the the special titans the what do they call them the deviations yeah. yes where they have different abilities like the one that leaps through the air and um, yeah. ones that's just really fast and that sort of thing so there's a general slow moving really awkward smiling titans uh lots of teeth that, that <laughs> yeah. the majority the the smaller ones look like almost like regular humans um but then as they get bigger it seems like they start to deform more like they start to have the the rows of teeth and they have like the hinged jaws mm-hmm. and then eventually the colossal titans and the armored titan have like no flesh and they're like mr goodbody kind of yeah yeah if mr goodbody was terrifying even, <laughs> right even more terrifying than it already is yeah and those as far as they can tell cannot be defeated yes uh so yeah so the, the entirety of the human race is living inside a three ring circus pretty much so you've got yeah. these outer all Asian. Well, no, because um, Mikasa... Actually, it's the opposite. Yeah, they're Mikasa. They actually said Mikasa is the last of the Asian race. Yeah, they're mostly Western European generic. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because uh, Aaron's last name is Jaeger, and his uh, father is a scientist who has some secrets about what's going on with the Titans. But uh, just like all good sci-fi plots before dad can tell his son, the really important information that could save the world, all hell breaks loose. Yep. And dad is dead. Dad disappears and mom gets munched on. And as as soon as he's, as soon as he said, I will tell you about this later, whatever. Like, well, that guy's dead. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's clear that he's dead. He just vanishes and nobody knows where he went or why mom, mom is dead as Dillinger. We get to see a Titan. And snack on her. Oh yeah, that and that is the opening sequence, pretty much. I mean, you want to give this the, give this kid, uh, give Jaeger a reason to declare he's going to destroy them. I mean, he saw a Titan literally bite his mother in half when he was a kid. So she could still be alive. 
We don't know. <laughs> and then you've got Mikasa, who is his adopted sister, who uh, grew up with him, though they are not related by blood. And there's some weird sexual tension going on there now that they're both hitting puberty. <clears throat> and then uh, she's got her own reasons, most of which have to do with protecting Aaron because he's always been kind of a hothead and she's always had to come to his rescue. And then you've but got Armin. He he saved her. That's true. To be fair, he saved her, so I think she feels kind of like she owes him a debt. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's trying to pay that back. And then you've got Armin, who is their childhood friend. And Armin's coming from a little bit of a different spot. He's a little bit more bookish, more peaceful. And he, his whole thing is, is he wants to learn about the world outside the walls. Yes. His parents uh, left to explore the world outside the walls, and they never came back. And all three of them, for vengeance or exploration or for protecting family, end up joining the Jaeger Corps to fight the Titans. Although Armin is probably the most asexual of the group. I could, the, yeah. He, he, he's the Griffith of the group. Nah, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's full-on Griffith, because Griffith is like the full-on... Uh, you know, blonde hair, flowing hair. He's just kind of like a, the you know blonde-haired ragamuffin. Yeah, he's a little asexual, but I don't know that I would call Armin a Bishonen. Yeah, he's definitely not Bishonen. I would not put. He's him just in androgynous. Camp. There's the word. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that one. And then we get to a uh, wide cast, and ever widening as the episodes go on, cast of secondary characters that are in the various army corps that uh, make up the human defense and the government. Uh, and I know Joel and I have both expressed on Facebook that we've got our personal favorites. I don't know if, uh, Pat, if you've seen enough of it to have a favorite beyond the three, big three. No, not yet. Yeah. No, not yet. <laughs> Every time yeah. he likes somebody, they get eaten. <laughs> He's like, oh, damn it. I'm afraid to like anybody yet until, you know, it's like, it's like the early stages of a, of a George R. R. Martin book. Sure. Yeah, it really is. Because, I mean, there's so much shit hitting the fan all the time. And if you get yeah, too you remember her, she was the best sandwich ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's up for sushi? Um, but I don't know. For me, I at least early on. Now, you know, granted, only being nine episodes in, there's still a long way to go. But I just really fell in love with Sasha from her first meeting, where she's eating the the boiled potato. I, is she? Is, yeah, she's kind of weird. Have you gotten to the point where she steals the meat yet? Yeah, she just yeah. doesn't understand that it's not appropriate to eat sometimes. Yeah, she always wants to eat. I, I just like that kind of because in the show, it's it's a pretty dark future or past or whatever it is. Um, And there's a lot to const- there's a lot of tension, and a lot of things going on that are really kind of sad and depressing and dark. And so to have that kind of little bit of levity is a nice touch. Um, And there's other characters that I like that I've, I've grown to like since then, but she doesn't really have a lot of. She doesn't show up much after the first few episodes, so I don't know if she's still around, actually. Well, I mean, it seems like that any sort of, like, really dark, I don't say a brooding or almost depressing story has to have a character her, like her. I mean, think of think of Lost. Lost has uh, Hurley. You know, Never seen it. You haven't seen Lost? No. Okay, well. Is that plus, a problem? No, nah, save yourself oh, okay. the time. I liked it, but that's not what we're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, no. So... But I mean, you no. She she does a good uh, job of um, of making you laugh once in a while when things are trying to eat you all the time. Yeah, and they and they kind of introduce some other characters that are kind of your stereotypical roles to make sure they round out the cast. And there's other ones that are comedic. But mm-hmm. um, I know Josh said he's a fan of somebody else that we I just met. So yeah, later on in the series, you get to meet Hanga Zoe, and Zoe. 
her thing is she's part of the squad that is out uh, sc- uh, doing scouting missions. And she's a scientist. She's primarily interested in why the Titans are the way they are. And as she gets deeper and deeper into her research, she becomes obsessed with the Titans. Mm-hmm. She's so interested that she forgets that they're dangerous sometimes. And she's just well, a really interesting character. She's very out there, too. She's She's kind of funny in her overzealousness, you know. Yeah, she's. I mean, the, the first time you meet her, she's just giddy that they're about to leave the walls. When at the same time, everybody else is just like they don't want to do it. Yeah, they're terrified, but she wants to be able to. She's like, this is an opportunity. We get to see Titans up close. Isn't this awesome? Yeah, she's very uh, excited about it. Yeah, I hope. I hope I get to see one like this. I hope I get to see one like this. And they're like, you know what? We'd be good with not seeing any of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now, uh, go ahead. something else. Oh, sorry. Just just something else to point out that I we, I wanted to mention earlier, and I I forgot. Um, in the hundred and seven years since the Titans have been there, they really haven't learned anything about them, which is kind of the thing that fascinates me with the storyline is that outside of how to kill them, they don't really know anything else. Right, and that's one of the things that draws me to Zoe. She's the only one that seems to care. Yeah, it seems like everybody else just wants to survive or kill them, but she is the only one who actually wants like research and figure out what the hell is going on with them. Now, there's another huge part of Attack on Titan that we've been talking about it for a while and we haven't mentioned it at all. They have a very distinctive fighting style in the core. Oh, it's so cool. The 3D motion devices. The omnidirectional. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So basically what you've got is you've got a combination of like these grapple lines with a kind of a jetpack thing. So they're firing lines in different directions and using them to propel themselves at rapid speeds to like jump, vault over things, do kind of Spider-Man kind of tricks uh, to get up and over and into that weak spot, which is the back of the neck on the Titan. So they can catch them with a super sharp blade and destroy them because like pushing a blade through a Titan's heart does nothing through the brain. Nope, they don't care. They don't have one of those. Back of the neck, boom, they're dead. Cut off a piece. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, one of the things that I like about it is that the... the blades themselves are like those uh, box cutting knives. When you get when you dull the tip, you just break it off, and you've got another sharp tip again. Yeah, yeah. they're like gun. They look like gun blades, but they and if you cut off a part of the titan, cut off their head, you cut off their arm. They regenerate it, mm-hmm. so they're pretty much unstoppable. But think, um, think Spider Man meets Bionic Commando. Yeah, yeah, uh, but at high rates of speed. And I think of those as being more like a like a gas charge, like a CO two. Or something that's propelling them forward because they talk yeah, about running out. they've got those canisters, and yeah, if their canisters are empty, they can't zip around. Yeah, and this and this is definitely a game, Patrick. It, well, if they made it into a game, Patrick should not <laughs> play because some of the scenes. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten to them where they're they're in the in the fight and they have like the camera tracking them from behind, Pat, and they're just tearing through the town. As they're, as they're jumping around on these things. And first thing I actually thought to myself when I saw it was Pat would be blowing chunks if he, if he got to this point. <laughs> so just a, just a heads up. Yeah. This show may think, make I you think vomit. That's part of, I mean, the part of what I don't like about, uh, Japanese animation is like the whole, you know, have the one character just and all the things in the background are flying by him and everything, at, you know, instead of showing actual speed combat. lines. Yeah, so I don't know. Well, what's cool about the omnidirectional things that they use is that um, even though, well, not cool, but one of the things you don't realize at first as you're watching them zip around is that those are as much of a hindrance as they are an asset. 
because the <clears throat> Titans have know enough that they can grab the the lines as they're flying through the air and pull on them, and down goes your tight or down goes your uh, Jaeger person, mm-hmm. whatever you call them. And and it's, not to mention you're flying. Well, you're flying on metal. There are actually metal cables that are coming out of there, but at the same time, you've got uh, you're running around on cables with swords. Yeah, right. Guns are useless. They have cannons, but they don't really do much except incapacitate them temporarily. Yeah, mm-hmm. or you have to get such a uh, bank of cannons that you're bound to eventually hit one of the Titans in the back of the neck. They do talk about like b- batteries and batteries of cannons fired <laughs> in like close enough range will obliterate Titans just by like field of fire. Yeah, and the cool thing is that the, the on the top of the um, walls they had these cannons hooked up on like railroad tracks. So they can move yeah. them all around as they need, which is which I thought was a cool idea. And they also tilt all the way down, which to shoot, I guess, at any Titans that are at the very bottom. But my question would be, how do you just keep the cannonball from falling out? <laughs> well, because animation. Yes, yeah. um, because anime doesn't let it. So, so <laughs> aside from them both being anime, there's a question that people might have. It's like, okay, well, why are we comparing this and Berserk in particular? And one of the things that I find that is very similar is these are both fantasy stories where you've got swords and you've got castles and you've got monsters to fight, but they're in these dark worlds that have monsters on all sides. And there's a little bit of extra twist between the black sword gun arm or the omnidirectional fighting devices so they're similar in those ways but they've got some differences too yeah like no 50 foot tall people in berserk (laughs) well that'd be (laughs) that'd be a big one i I also think that one of the key differences is that the characters in berserk don't spend a whole lot of time like thinking about what their actions necessarily mean especially guts well that's okay because um in Attack of Titan, everyone has some sort of crisis going on. <laughs> it's if they if they had like therapists in this town, they would be making a mint because every <laughs> single one of these people has some sort of baggage or is. Fl- I mean, granted, yeah, you have the I saw your you know I saw my best friend get eaten by a uh, a gigantic monster, but even before this, there's the whole. I mean, what's the what's the little blonde kids? Name Armin? Again. Armin. Armin's later on is the, oh, there's no, uh, I don't, I don't deserve to be with them. They're not my friend. You know, they're, I have no, they're so brave. I, I shouldn't be hanging around them. And, you know, it's every single one of these people has got something going on. And it's not even just the main three. It's like the peripheral ones too. Like the, the couple that's, uh, that are in, um, in training with them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's like, get oh. Get romantically involved. Yeah, and the second they make the comment, oh, well, you know, at least you, you two are boyfriend girlfriend. Oh, no, we're not that. And I'm like, yeah, one of you's dead. Right. <laughs> Why? Because. <laughs> and that was one of the things that I did find a little tiresome. Is Sometimes it's like, dude, just hit the monster. I yeah. know for 10 minutes you're going to whine about how you're not brave enough and maybe humanity doesn't deserve to not be eaten by monsters. But talk about that later. Hit the monster now. Because <laughs> he's about the time to for your monster friends. hitting is now. <laughs> yeah, you you can wonder what it all means when he's not chewing on your friends <laughs> or your face. Yes, yeah, or your friend's face. <laughs> and that's, so, yeah, oh, you've go got some of uh, those people struggling with like uh, 
what does it all mean and uh, what happens to us because we've locked ourselves in these walls and what is it doing to society? And as you get later on into the series, you touch on themes of how people are kind of crappy to each other. Like when they have to sacrifice one of the walls, they're like, hey, uh, poor people. How about you go over there <laughs> yeah. where there's safety and cake <laughs> <laughs> and and nothing that will kill you. And yes. no lack of face monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Pay no attention to the boats leaving over here. With all the rich people and all the guys with guns on them. Mm. Well, and they kind of summarize that nicely with the, the, the guy with the big cart that was trying to push it through the hole in the wall. And Mikasa's like, you know, either move it or you're, you're going to be dead. Yep. Yeah. That whole and scene. You've got kind of those same themes you see in zombie movies where it's like the people are sometimes as bad as the monsters. Yeah. Yep. But um, as after the initial attack, five years goes by and then the tit- the colossal titan comes back again and kicks a hole in the next wall and thus letting in more of the minute little or titans. And uh, at that ex- right at that exact moment. Um, Aaron happens to be on the top of the wall and he takes on the colossal Titan because he's, you know, balls to the wall. I'm going to fight guy and cuts him on the back of the neck and the guy poof disappears. Yep. And poof. so now they're on the verge of at any moment, they're afraid that the armored Titan's going to come and take down the next wall, which has caused a lot of extra tension and, and the need to resolve what's happening. Why wouldn't he just rough run roughshod throughout the whole area, just knocking walls down for like that's an a hour? really good question. Like the motivations of these special titans that appear to be intelligent. Uh, I mean, maybe there are answers in the parts of the series that none of the four of us got to, or maybe it's in the manga. But uh, it's one of the big questions that people who aren't like running from the monsters actually are like, what's going on with these guys? Yeah. What's their motivation? What's their, well, and that's the thing they actually speculated on one of the episodes that (laughs) the, the Titans don't actually digest anybody that they eat and they actually vomit them back up. So after one of the, uh, you know, one of the, um, whatchamacallit, one of the attacks, they find this gigantic, like, mucus glob stuck to the side of a house that's just full of chewed up people. Yep. Which is really, you know, again, immediately after that happens, there's, and then there's somebody has an existential crisis again. I mean, I could have done with a little bit less of that. (laughs) Yeah, it's still cool. It doesn't ruin the series for me, but yeah, occasionally it's like, yeah, a little less whining, a little bit more giant ass kicking. Yeah. But I mean, they talk about that they're not, they even show like, you know, they're not interested in animals or anything else and that they refer to it as just that they have a bloodlust mm-hmm. for humans. And it's just, that's, that's the short and sweet part of it. And I think with the episode I just saw that I have my own theories on what's going on now. Um, and it ties in with that whole process. So I'm, I'm, this is something that I definitely want to see through to the end because I want to know why <laughs> a little bit more anyway. I don't know if it answers everything, but. Because this is a manga too, right? Yeah, and since this came out in 2013, it has been incredibly popular. Over in Japan, we've even seen crossovers with some of the Marvel characters with Avengers versus Attack on Titan. I gotta, I gotta dig that up. Oh yeah, there are some pages available if you uh, do a uh, Google search for Avengers versus Attack on Titan with like Spider-Man fighting uh, one of the smaller ones. Neat. Hmm. So I'm looking it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, everyone click, click, click. I just never heard of this, so yeah, oh my this, gosh, there it is. Something that just came out, I want to say, November. Oh, neat. So yeah. I do have to say that um, Beardy McSargent, 
I don't know if you've, I mean, Joel, if yeah. I don't know if you've gotten this far. The, there's one one character who I really dislike, and it's that sergeant dude. The one who, uh, who try, uh, well, Pat, I don't want to spoil anything, so close your ears for a second. But the one who tries to execute the three. Yes. Yeah. Well, and he's one that uh, his actions are done out of cowardice. Like there are other people who are opposed to Aaron and what he represents. But some of them are just like, you know, if you guys don't get him under control, uh, the central government's going to fall apart and there's not going to be any people left to save. It's like, OK, I still think you guys are dicks. But I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. This guy's just a coward. Yeah. yeah. And using his authority to, you know, to basically shut anybody down. I mean, it's, he's, he's just all around annoying. And I like it when the general comes over and he's like, you know, for such a big man, you're such a tender little fawn. <laughs> you know, just like, dude. General Dot Pixis is the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been playing that, I forget the fat governor's name that he's been playing in chess the entire time, you know, right. letting him, and letting him win. Without him knowing for how many years they've been doing that. But it's, I, I like, there's some characters that are, I'm on the borderline for. There's always seems to be like a, to give a, uh, a parallel to it. There's the one guy who always flips out before the battle. Oh my God, I can't do this again. I don't want to see my friends get attacked. I gotta go. I'm leaving. I'm quitting. He kind of reminded me of the, um, think about the children lady from, uh, Simpsons. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think that might be Gene. Maybe. Yeah. But like right before every single battle. Oh, I can't do this anymore. You know, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to handle this. Oh, my God. And then he goes out there and fights anyway. But she, it reminds me of that. Think about the children every, before every single battle. I, I agree with the whole fact. Yeah. You know, if there's giant monsters running around eating people, you're going to have a hard time dealing with life. But you know, eventually the brain just goes, all right, get over it. We got to take care of this shit now. And I think you guys have barely met him, but there's another character called Captain Levi, who is also in the same squad as Zoe, who like people who don't know him, think of him as this awesome, badass hero, but you meet him and he's kind of a dick. And he's a germaphobe. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just got to meet him in episode nine too. He was another one that he's a badass. I mean, don't get me wrong, but yeah, he's in a feet kind of, germaphobe who puts on a good front but has his yeah. own problems. and when you see him fight talk about someone who can make uh aaron not look very good at all like yeah levi when he's in full fight versus titan mode mm-hmm. yeah, he's a badass nice i I'm, I'm looking at finishing this one well he at one point he's like okay you you two take that one over there i'll take the other ones over there like he goes after more than one at once and sends the rest of his squad for only one Right, so, yeah, which is something that we only really see Mikasa do of the of the main three characters. Right. Hmm. So I, we can't go much further without getting into major spoilers about yeah. like what happens with Aaron and et cetera. Yeah, and Pat, since Pat's looking to uh, actually watch it. Yeah. And it's yeah, also I, pretty I, new. I surprisingly want to watch both of these series. That's I good. I'm, go ahead. I was going to say, I didn't expect that. That's, that's all. What? <laughs> Color me surprised. Well, I'm glad that we picked some that uh, were good enough to hold your interest, despite your natural distaste for the form. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to watch any more. That's all. These are the two. <laughs> yeah, just these two until the oh, next two that we come up with. Next week's show. <laughs> oh, well. So, so what do you think? Um, oh, we had to, uh, we were going to talk about the, the the music also on this one. Oh, yeah. About how, I mean, how, and how much the music did not fit for Berserk is how much this music fits for Attack on Titan, I think. Yeah. 
Although I, the first time I heard the song where it starts with the like, da, 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 and they're singing German. I'm like, whoa, last time we had a Japanese German <laughs> collaboration. That's not something I'd want to bring up. Yeah, that like. that kind of ended poorly for everybody. Um, but no, the, um, the, the music in this one is really good. And some of the music during the battles where they'll do this kind of like, uh, where you get that dun, 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 but then you get kind of the techno or electronica feel to it. Yeah, or sometimes they'll have heavy metal guitars kick in just as a big fight scene happens, which yeah. I think is badass. And they also have this bridge between the first and second act of each of the episodes that gives you a little bit of more of the history of what's going on. But you better have the pause button ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with like the diagrams. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. You just have to realize that the first two lines of it are always the same. It's the second part that you need to read. Yeah, right. Because they talk about, but full if, you, if you want to look at any of the art or anything or figure out you know, exactly what they're talking about, yeah, you like, pause. Yeah, like I had to pause it when when they came up with the um the the diagrams of the uh, 3D jumping devices. I'm like, oh, cool, gone, shit. You know, it's like <laughs> dun 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 ha ha. I mean, and that and that's the thing is like the the music you don't think it sticks, but the the theme music is really catchy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if I would hear that music outside of watching the show, I would recognize it now. It's very heroic. And then you would start looking for giants to try to, that are trying to eat you. Yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> the giant Ken doll is trying to eat me. <laughs> now, the, did you have the lyrics pulled up, anybody? Um, I did. I don't know. Crap. I don't know what you're the only reason I ask is because there's that line about the cattle or the livestock. Oh, it always throws me whenever I see it across <laughs> the screen. I'm like, what are they talking about? Yeah, it starts out with "Side ihr das Essen? Nein, wir sind der Jäger." That means, "Are you the food? No, we are the hunters." Uh, or, "Are you the prey? We are the hunters." And I think the one you're talking about, "Oh, the pigs sneering at our will to advance as we step over the corpses." Well, well, that's, that's definitely talking about like the uh, people in the inner circle who like have never even seen a Titan, but decide to boss everybody from the outer walls around. Yeah, they're frequently referred to as pigs by people who are from like Wal Maria and outside. Uh, it's the actual the lyric that I was thinking of, which they they make more sense when you uh, when you've seen the series a little further. Um, I'm looking for the translated version. No, I've got it here. It's like the. They talk about the lives. It's for specifically says the word livestock. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, the livestock may be at peace in their phony prosperity, but let us be free like the sto- dying, starving wolves. <laughs> They're trying to pack. I mean, okay, this is getting. I mean, even with the lyrics. I mean, I'm, I again appreciate the fact that they're gonna. Have, they have all this inner turmoil, but this is the lyrics are a little ham-fisted. Well, a lot of yeah. symbology in those lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> they're definitely talking about the merchant class and the politics class, basically in that center wall, being pigs in a pen mm-hmm. who are living fat off of everybody else, and the people who are on the outside actually have to do the fighting. It's like if we have to be penned up animals let's be wolves and kick ass yeah and then later on it's what will kill your prey isn't your weapons tools or skills but your own well-honed bloodlust yeah and metal. There's, there is plenty of blood in this one too definitely more metal than kiss nice but there is yeah i mean they they, they don't totally graphically show uh, you know, some of it, but it, there is quite a bit, yes, of still blood and guts and things. Yep. Um, and none of those lyrics match the opening of the show, though. Uh, that they're, they're they weren't written, they weren't the same. Um, 
I'm well, there are two theme songs. Like, like I said, this surprised me when I hit episode 14. I'm like, wait a minute. The whole opening's different. It's Ooh. a different song, different singers, entirely uh, reanimated opening. Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know which one you're looking at, but there are two theme opening themes. Uh, before we uh, kind of close up and like talk about which one we like better, if we're going to compare them that way, I did want to mention that another similarity is that they're doing the same treatment with the movies uh, for Attack on Titan that they did on Berserk, where they're collapsing a bunch of episodes into looks like three or four movies for the 25 episodes. So I thought that was kind of cool. Cool. But then again, I'm still, you know, don't want to watch, spend my time watching the movie if I'm going to miss out or wind up with a wash situation again. So, yeah, this would be another one where I might be interested in picking up the manga and having it on my shelves. Cool. Well, it's it's a very stylistically uh, appealing um, anime. I mean, just just visually watching it, it is very it's very shouty. Well, I just love the design of the 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 troops. You know the the gear that they use, the 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 um, uniforms that they wear. Are, they all are very iconic. I mean, you see it, and it just makes you go, "Man, I want an action figure of that." You know, it's just a very cool looking stylistically. And then when I first saw the Titans, and I'm like, "Why are these big adult babies walking around eating people?" And then when you see them and you put them in the right perspective, they're kind of horrifying. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes you see them and you're like, oh, that looks like my high school English teacher. And then all of a sudden their jaw unhinges or something and you're like, what the hell just happened? And they're completely soulless behind the eyes. I mean, it's just, it's a very creepy vibe. But then you take, take all that aside and just think about the, the world that they live on where there's, it's, it's almost a zombie type apocalypse where as far as we know, there's nothing but giants outside the walls that want to break in and eat you. And you've only got three layers of protection before the entire race is extinct. So it just lends itself to just this kind of epic storytelling that, for me, just hit me right in the sweet spot. And I didn't think I was going to be into it, but it's one of those things that I'm very excited to watch the rest of the series. See, now I have a question about this. I'm I'm not entirely sold that this is the entirety of the human race. I'm not either, but that's what they lead you to believe. Yeah, this, I mean, to have everybody... I, I I think there's some holdouts out there, and I th- I'm thinking that they're going to be another another town or something that's going to get exposed later on. That's just my uh, you know my guess. Your take on the world? Yeah, because I mean I mean th- I've seen some of the world, and the, what I've seen has not been a lot, but it's still pretty damn big. Well, and they've got a lot of clues as to things that are going on that I think we're going to learn later. Um, mm-hmm. But the characters themselves haven't learned, and we're we're kind of getting information as they get it. Okay. So, so I, I agree with you, though. Let's take it around the table. The thumbs up, thumbs down for Berserk. Patrick? Let's just... Uh, I, I have to watch more of it to really... But I mean, it's a, it's a hesitant thumbs up right now, but I need to watch more to really make a decision. Okay. Uh, also, while we're going uh, around, uh, just to answer my question is, based on what we've seen of them, do we have a preference between the two? Pat? I, I honestly, I think it's too early, but I, I'm probably going to have to go with, I, I will probably end up liking Attack on Titan more, just because it's more visually appealing. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Mike? I, I'm going to watch both of them, but I think I am leaning towards uh, Attack on Titan being the one that I like more. I will amend my statement that if the story in Berserk turns out to be really good, I might end up liking that more. So, um, for me, I I when, and initially came into the show yesterday, ready to say, well, I'm not real keen on Berserk, but 
my interest has peaked enough after watching the last two episodes last night that uh, it's it's a thumbs up for sure. I'm just kind of curious where it's going to go. So um, I've got enough that I will watch it. Attack on Titan hit the sweet spot right out of the gate. And so that one is definitely a thumbs up. And I'm it's interesting to read all these articles about it, how it's brought people back to anime because... It's apparently one of the first ones in a long time that has gotten this much attention from what I'm reading. I don't know if that's true, but um, and out of the two, I, I would go with Attack on Titan for sure. And of course, unsurprisingly, this time I'm going to be the dissenting vote. Not that I dislike Attack on Titan. It's a thumbs up just like for everybody else for me on both of them. But the combination of the a little bit more dark medieval uh, without quite as much weirdness the, and discounting the first episode of Berserk and the fact that so much of Attack on Titan has the little bit of whining existential crisis. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I love it, but I'm going to have to give the edge to Berserk where I say Berserk is my second favorite anime ever. I'd probably have to put Attack on Titan in the bottom of my top 10. Ooh, okay? That's an interesting question, though. It, it, do you have a favorite ever? Oh, for me, it's Cowboy Bebop and will probably always be Cowboy Bebop. Mike? Best ever? Yeah. Oh, shit. I like this question just because I, I don't know. I'm curious if Pat has one. And well, I, I'm sure Pat doesn't have one. No. Uh, I, you know what the thing is? I would say Cowboy Bebop because Cowboy Bebop is a lot of fun, but I've been so out of watching them for such a long time that I could not. I mean, seriously, like the last last one... When I was really into anime and watching it, it, we were trading VHS tapes. Wow. I mean, that's that's how long it's been since I've actually watched an anime, like, wholeheartedly until now. So I uh, call me again in another month. I mean, I've always <laughs> been a big fan of Ghost in the Shell, and I picked up the movie when it came out, and I've got, a, you know, Akira... But that's, you know, that's like a full-on movie. That's not a series. So then you got that balance between, you know, those two. Um, Fuck it, I'm going Cowboy Bebop. You you should. (laughs) You really should. Yeah. I mean, if you get a chance to, because Cowboy Bebop, for one, is a lot of fun to watch. It sounds like a kid's show. It isn't. It isn't. It's, 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 um... I think I always assumed it was, whenever I heard the name. It sounds like it should be, but it's not. It's Oh, you know what? Um, As I'm sitting here at my desk, uh, realizing what my favorite one is, I look to the side and see my Trigun statue standing there. Oh, Trigun's neat. Trigun's a lot of fun. Both uh, Trigun and Cowboy Bebop have the whole bounty hunters thing going on, Mm -hmm. whereas... Bebop has a lot more to do with the music and is like Western bounty hunters in space. Yeah, and Cowboy Bebop is like post-apocalyptic dude who for some reason or another has gotten blamed for all this stuff happening, but has never actually killed anybody. Right, so he's the most wanted man in the world. But he hasn't, like, done anything. Everything's Every single thing he's ever been involved in has been a matter of circumstance. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I've always heard good things about it, but I've never actually had any real desire to see it. So yeah. Now some guilty pleasures for me. Uh, Desert Punk is kind of uh, you know is kind of a goofy, almost kind of that kill the la kill la kill, but not quite as ridiculous. Sure. Uh, I I'm a big <clears throat> fan of Death Note. That's another one I want to finish. A uh, young man who is really depressed and dark discovers a demon notebook that he realizes that if he writes someone's name in it, they will die apparently of natural causes, and he decides that he's going to clean up the world. Yeah, I've heard about that, which they made yeah. into some live action movies too. Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah um, what? <clears throat> oh no, go ahead. 
Well, for me, I mean, just because I, I uh, haven't seen a whole lot um and until i've get, gotten a chance to you know really get engrossed into this a little f- further i uh, i've crying freeman is is i think just because i came to it on my own it's not like i had it recommended that was back when i was reading comics and i just happened to uh to see it on the on the stand and picked it up and just kind of fell in love with the character and the whole storyline and then they made uh, you know it's more or less just a movie but it's just i don't know it's just a very interesting little thing that doesn't fit into any other mold you know yeah. about a an assassin who is emotional. Oh, you know <laughs> what I forgot about? Um, Samurai Champloo. What? Oh, that one's cool too. It's by the makers of Bebop, if I recall. Yeah. Samurai Sham Sa- Samurai Shampoo. Uh, yeah, Champloo. Samurai Champloo, and then there's um, uh, Samurai Champloo too. Electric no, book. there's <laughs> Samurai Shamwell. <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, but see, there's so I mean, you, you have to kind of dig for the ones that are going to be entertaining that are going to fall into the. Uh, category that you enjoy like i mean samurai champloo's got that kind of like a little bit crazy uh ronin wandering the japanese uh history uh type of thing going on and then you've got stuff like psychopaths which is um what's uh josh what's that movie they uh they arrest you before you commit the crimes oh uh free crime yeah, it's like no. it's like yeah, yeah uh, minority report. Minority that's report. The one, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's psychopath is kind of like an anime mi- uh, minority report, you know. <laughs> and then of course, you know, then you know my kids get in there, and suddenly I'm sitting in the living room, and they're watching Princess Tutu, <laughs> which is <laughs> exactly what you expect it to be. <laughs> yeah, there are hundreds of uh, different series and movies, and a lot of them are worth your time. Uh, certainly more than we're going to be able to get to in this episode. And right. it's such a huge geek topic that I we may revisit it at some point. I think we should because I mean it's it's there's so many different genres of it within itself. I mean that it. I mean hell, at this point you could even do a uh, Pokemon then and now. Sure. Well, and that's the thing is definitely if you're a fan of anime and know of something that has been around in the 80s or 90s and has sort of a modern equivalent, feel free to give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. Of course, that's 708-669-9727. That's what I get for not having the show notes open. And uh, if you want to find some of our older shows, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe. And uh, go to our webpage at 40go14 or find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at 40go14 or 40going on 14. So, yeah, definitely uh, if you've got a suggestion for anime that you'd like to hear about in a future show, shoot us a line at one, using one of those methods, whether it's Twitter or the voicemail line or our email at yeah. Gmail. So, yeah. hey, uh, I'm sitting down right now. What are we doing next week? Uh, we're standing up. Yeah, we're going to talk about stand-up comedians from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and then our favorites from today. Yep, and uh, we're not doing a round round robin pick this time. We're just going to be kind of like a general discussion. So we're, uh, you know, going to pull out some of our favorites, talk about some of the lo- lesser known ones, and uh, maybe discover some new ones along the way. Patrick Whaley. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Whaley is a new one. Yes. Not a very good one, though. No. Oh, I, I, laugh. I, I laugh at you all the time. <laughs> All, All right. right. So, well, thanks for listening. Uh, this has actually been a great show. It got me back into actually watching anime, which is something I didn't realize that I had missed. Aw. Oh, I'm glad I had to have a an organ ripped out, so we had this uh, <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> All right, folks. So you have a good night, and uh, we'll hear you. Uh, you'll hear from us next week. <laughs> <laughs> Go put your glasses God. on. Damn it. <laughs> 
You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Pants down, Hala Monkey Jones.